King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock It's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all stars before February And after that, King and Gates after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through happenstance Built a bond that led to greatness that advanced Yes, sir. BTG Nation, what's happening, guys, man? We're back, episode four. Um, it's a little different today, you know. Um, I'm, I'm here solo. The OG is not here with me today. Um, he had a family emergency. He couldn't be here. We'll try to get him on the line um, if we can, but he's back in the States. He made it safely. All is well. Um, we'll try to see if we can knock him in, you know, for a minute or two and out of his schedule. But as he always tells me, you know, he told me the show must go on. You know, consistency isn't one of those things that we pride ourselves on. And so we're we're gonna try something new here. It's a different energy for me, you know. I know some people may think that some of my people close may be like, yo, Yates been waiting to do this, Arsenio Hall type, you know, talk to the camera dolo, but it's gonna be different. But I'm not going to be here like the YouTubers and just be talking to y'all dolo. I can't do it. It just does not feel right. So I got a couple of people in my Rolodex and my contact list that I'm hoping they can get on and talk to me for a little bit. Um, you know, it'll be a little surprise, but um, these are some good folks, um, some good content. You know, we're going to keep the energy going. So BTG Nation, everybody that's been here, you know what it is. Hoop Mountain Dubai, we're in Dubai. Um, you can see us on Instagram at Hoop Mountain DXB, online at hoopmountain.ae. Make sure you guys hit those like and subscribe buttons on all of our socials. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So let me see. Uh, typically, I get to check in, you know, Illy's back here. But today, I'm just going to go ahead and go right on the phone. And so, okay, let's see what we got here. This is, a, this is another one. That eight-hour time difference is tough sometimes. Hello. 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 This is Ryan Yates from the BTG podcast, Bridging the Gap. Am I speaking with Aunt Lisa? Yes, you are. <laughs> that was a real, real uh, interesting intro, right? Uh, yes. So, Aunt Lisa, this episode is a bit different than usual. Um, Coach King had to leave for a family emergency. And um, okay. he's in the States right now, safe and sound, but the podcast had to go on. He told me to keep recording, keep going. We, and I was like, I don't know if I can, you know, I can't do what the YouTubers do and, and just talk to the camera as if somebody was here. It's like, I got to talk to somebody. And so immediately oh. I was like, Anlisa got to be one of those people. <laughs> okay. Glad I can help. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Now, for the people, you've heard me reference Aunt Lisa. I say my aunt. You know, I've, I, there's a lot of things I've learned from her. I always say there's two people, my mom and Aunt Lisa, and they're like the left side and the right side. And I get, it's like the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. 
And I get so much from the both of them. And so I'm going to give you guys a little insight of what our conversations typically go go like and how they end. Because at the end of every conversation, somehow, some way, she leaves me with a gem that is profound. Um, this is not planned. She doesn't know what I'm going to ask or what we're going to talk about. No. And so <laughs> this is going to be off the wheel, but I know she'll be able to handle it. Okay. Now, Alisa, first and foremost, how are you doing? Good. All is well. All right. So, Alisa, you just recently retired. Yeah. Right? And so let's see if we can find a round of applause for that. That's something that we all look forward to. You know, I, I think in our generation, everybody wants to retire at about 25 to 30. But that doesn't always work out, right? It probably won't. It probably won't at all. I, I know Zuri's ready to retire already. <laughs> right? Yes, she is. So. That's whole show in and Absolutely. Now, you said you were just fine, right? But going into that stage of retirement, leaving a job, and you can speak more about your position that you held and, and what it was like transitioning into that next phase. Because a lot of people are so eager to get rid of work or just get to that end stage. Or at least they think that it just ends and you just stop working. But what is that? what has that journey been like? A lot harder than I thought. I really didn't realize how much we or I tied my being, air quote being, uh, to what I did for a living, you have like this whole section of a conversation that you no longer have with people. So when you introduce yourself and you say, they say, what do you do? And you say you're retired. They kind of go, oh, and they have nothing else for you. It's like you feel like, hello, um, I had this other career. I can still talk about this. I can still do that. So it took me a bit to adjust and it took me a bit to figure out what to say to people, not like as a judgment perspective, but just conversationally so that they know that you're still a thinking person. So it was, it's been quite an adjustment. Your uncle's been very, very cool about just telling me to just be and enjoy, you know, take a year to just figure it all out. But I kind of still wake up in the morning looking for my direction and I'm working on it. You know, I keep a little project going. Yes. Now, could you, if you don't mind, could you tell the people what, what you spent the last, you know, certain number of years doing? Because I think that's really in, intriguing. Oh, well, thank you. I had a federal career. I retired as a, a executive level person with the federal government. Um, I kind of did a circuit kind of, uh, I moved where my husband took a job in the D.C. area. And so I started my journey in the D.C. area through a couple of federal agencies to kind of work with. I made the government job work with what I needed for my family. So I ended up with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and I worked. Um, I ran the administrative arm of the undersecretary's front office staffing. So I had. I guess less than 10 people at any given time um, on my team, but we worked directly for the undersecretary of U.S. Patent and Tra Trademark Office. So looking back, it was a lot loftier, harder, um, 
strategic than I had given it credit for. But now that I'm in retirement, I can look back and say, oh, oh, okay. I did that. I've done that. Yeah. So learning, learning about me. That's a, um, and so for some of you people who have no idea what those terms are and what she was talking about, I always say that Aunt Lisa served a role similar to Wendy on Billions to where she knew she knew how to manage the minds of the people at, at the top. She knew how to push their buttons, put people in place, and get them to accomplish things, right? Like when your leaders need leaders, when your leaders leaders need guidance, you know, somebody has to be there to kind of be the, the crystal ball for that. And Alisa is that, you know, even for me, I go there when I need help yeah. trying to clarify things. And I think that's an important space, you know, when we're bridging the gap here to where we need to promote more of our people going and talking to our um, our elders, people that know more, see more and done more and confiding in them and confiding in them, not just to listen and react, but to really absorb and use because, man, you guys have saved me a million times and some. Love it. I, I, I think you're talking a little bit now more about the coaching side of what yes. I do in life versus I did air quote for the man. Um, and the coaching part gives me a lot of life. I'm doing that even now living abroad. I'm working with uh, a school, helping the director and the owner of the school, the, C the CEO of the organization to kind of grow her business. I love that part. That's what I love about what you do. I am so thrilled to be able to have the, the vision to stand beside somebody and see what they see and see where they want to go. You know, I believed in your vision from the start. You know that. And, and no matter which direction uh, it goes in and, and how you decide to, to manifest it, I try to be right there in your corner. I also do my reading and my research so that I'm talking to you about things that are relevant. I don't want to just give you my old time version of stuff. Yes. I try very hard to stay relevant. So I thank you for your acknowledgement of that. Of that. Yeah. So you I, have I remember you me. always talk. Thank you for that. I remember you always talk about like nuggets, right? Things to take away. Um, and mm -hmm. on, on this podcast, we have a wide range of listeners. Surprisingly, right now we have 2 million listeners. I'm speaking into existence. We got like 75, but 2 million listeners right here listening. And the age range is from 15 to 65. And, you know, you know, the discovery, the discovery never stops. People are always looking to grow. So from your experience, what are some of those qualities um, that you've seen from a successful leader, successful person, something that isn't already said, right? Something that we don't already know, but from what you've been around and what you've seen, like what do the successful people, um, whether that's success in a relationship, a success in business, because I think all of those coincide, what are some things that you've noticed are similar? Um, I think over the last five, maybe plus years, the biggest opportunity for growth for me and what I share with others is uh, the ability to fail forward. Mm -hmm. I've been like, that's been like mantra of late because I don't think we, especially people in my demographic, were permitted to fail forward. But I find that a lot of successful people 
really allow themselves the latitude to fall flat on their face as long as they get up. Mm. And it's the lesson you learn from getting up. And and it's, that's been a hard one for me because I really was not engineered to fail forward. Uh, I feel like historically, you're led to know that you've got one good shot. If you get that one good shot, you better make the best of it. And oh my gosh, I think of all the people that my parents' friends that they would say like, well, you know, he tried this and he tried that, but he could never get anything to go. When really we should be looking at that as a point of growth. Mm. He continues to try. Mm. And I, I think being able to fail forward is pivotal and key. If you try a million things and that one million and one thing resonates with you and sticks, then you've done it. Mm. You've done it. And that's the part, you know, if I had to share something in any of the stages, that would be it. And and I'm doing that with myself. I'm saying, okay, there were, I had a gift services business. I had this, I had that. And everybody would say, oh God, what are you doing now? <laughs> and I look back and I say, hey, that wasn't what I really needed to hear. What I needed to hear was, it's okay to fail forward. Keep trying. Keep going. You're going to hit it. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to play that in my head. And that's what I hope I'm sh- have shared with you in the past that, you know, it really isn't about what happened behind you, what's in your rearview mirror. It's about that horizon in front of you. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, you, you hear failing forward and th- that can be one of those mantras that people take it and run with. Right. And it's, it's loaded. It's so much in there. Right. And when I hear yep. failing forward, it's specifically taking those things that you learn in that lesson and using it as you move forward. Because a lot of times you, you may fall and you may look at what you lost in that moment. And now you're thinking, what am I going to do next? And from what I'm hearing, from what you've taught me, what my mom's taught me, what Uncle Ro, Coach King, and basketball itself has taught me is that, hey, you've taken that L, you've made that foul, you've done that move and it didn't work. And so now you know what to use going to a different pathway, right? And, and still using that. Now... I know you've been candid about um, how you grow, right? What what type of habits that you have daily? Um, I know one thing that you emphasized for me was journaling. And I, and I think yeah. that's a pivotal thing in our generation because we don't, and especially the generations afterwards because there's so much tech, right? Um what other habits do you think we need to make sure we preserve? They, they have this new saying going around us that's um, we're losing the recipes <laughs> because the next generation of women and men, they don't know how to barbecue <laughs> and they don't know how to cook. Okay. So we're, we're losing the recipes that were, that were passed down. So what are the things that we're losing that we should keep, you know? Storytelling mm. is, is key in pivotal um, because Lots of things that I've shared with you, Ryan, are maybe not specifically about what we're talking about, but can give you some some parallel that you can relate to. So I feel like listening to, you said elders, but I mean, just listening in general helps you. You really got to see and engage and think and be and be aware and alert of what's going on around you. Journaling for me, I started journaling, a teacher started us in like third grade. And I'm, I'm not, I don't always do it with religiosity. What what I do is try to do the best I can with it. 
I'm better when I journal because I can go back and read and, and realize this is where I was in that moment. What's changed? Sometimes at the end of the year, you read what you did and you go, oh, wait, I haven't improved that. So that's got to be what I do next. Mm-hmm. It gives you insight to who you are for yourself. And I think people take journaling to be like writing these epistles. You're just like writing, writing, writing. Sometimes mine is like bullets, you know? It's just like, I did this. I didn't do that. I did that. And then I can read back and know where I was. I don't even write on the lines. I turn the book sideways, right? You know, because I want that sense of freedom. So journaling, I think it's important. And you and I both share a love for reading. So I believe in sharpening the saw. Yeah. You know, I have to confess, I I have to confess too. my reading list. I have not gotten through it very well. (laughs) I got a video out about all the books I'm going to read this year. And I probably read three out of the 12 and I'm halfway through one. I just been sitting on, but like you said, we're going to fail forward. At least you got some done. (laughs) Listen, but I'll tell you what, your, your reading list and your mom's reading list have both always supplemented my reading list. You know, it was nothing for us to go back and forth with what you would tell me what your mom was reading. And then I would pick from that list for my reading and vice versa. But I think that's sharpening the saw. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just want perspective. You, you need to be able to see what else is out there. I'm an only child. And one of the things I think I, I took forward or I take forward with me is that multiple sources of information coming in. Hmm. I'm listening. I've got to listen. I, you know, I don't have what your brother Jameson has, some great older brother to kind of lead my way. So I've got to build the tribe around me. I've got to listen keenly and I have to learn how to distill from that what's best for me. Yes. Yes. See, that's the number one thing I'm hearing right there is human connection, human interaction. Being social, being with people, (laughs) that's something right now that isn't necessarily um, cherished and is not the same energy as before. You know, I I always remember when you, yeah, COVID, but even before COVID. So I I remember um, Zuri, who I'll call in one day sometime soon, but that's like a little cousin Mm -hmm. there, right? And so I've watched Zuri grow up and, and we've... I'm always amazed at what happens, but I remember specifically talking to her and you talking to her about your time as a college student and how you partied, but you still got things done and how a party was different. You guys used to dance. (laughs) You guys used to socialize different. Like I remember, I know if I called uncle Roland and um, I talked to coach King about this to where whenever you guys saw a, a male or female, a woman or a man away, and you wanted to talk to them. Thanks. Yes, you had to go and get out the car and go talk to them because you may never see them again. So you had to really have game. <laughs> you had to have charisma, right? And so that's something that I'm hoping that my generation, I don't know if we're generation of millennials or whatever, that we can bring back with the youth that we bring up because that's important. We have to learn from each other. I, I that is great. And thank you, nephew, for correcting yourself when you said uh, mm. male, female. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. That was a sticking point for me. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yes, socializing, per, one-on-one interaction or group interaction. I just feel bad for uh, those coming up that don't have that. I mean, clubbing and partying and after-work parties and 
all that stuff that didn't necessarily mean some physicality at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, or drugs. Oh, don't let me go. <laughs> it didn't mean drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't mean any of that. You guys were really having like a good time. Like, Yes. From Thursday to Sunday. That was how you made sure you were okay to go to work on Monday. Man, man. You man. know, you got to work it out. A little house music, a little DC vibe. It, it all made it worth it by Monday. Yes, yes. Thankful for that. But like you said, COVID does change how a lot of these things happen. Oh. Now, you've lived, um, we lived in America most of our lives, right? Um, what most people don't know is you mentioned earlier that you're abroad. Everybody knows that I'm here in Dubai. But upon retirement, you made a little excursion of your own. I did. I went to West Africa. Um, <laughs> one might say following behind my husband. Um, so I went to West Africa to spend some time in Senegal in a in a small city maybe you want to call it a town called Sally, Senegal. And it was tough. It, I thought I was far more resilient than I was. The, the French language broke me down and took me back. But I'm, I'm much, much better for it. And I miss it. And I can't wait to get back for at least a couple months at a time. Wow. You, know? you said you miss it. I remember that first conversation. I know. I know. <laughs> Listen. It was tough, but you know, you, you get a little space from it. And I was starting to build my community there. Like I said, I had somebody I was coaching. I started stretching out and really meeting people. I mean, anywhere I heard English spoken, I was like, new fast friend. Um, and so, you know, I've connected with some people that are doing some outrageously cool things, Ryan. And it's, it's amazing to me that I was so limited in my view. There is a world out there. Man, that's I'm glad just, you said that. I'm glad you said that. I wanted to ask you, you speak about the world out there. Being American, right, which is a blessing in its own right, regardless of the yeah. troubles we see on yeah. TV. We we live in a bubble. We live in a bubble that um is unlike anywhere else in the world. But what we talk yeah. Coach King and I always talk about the parallels between worlds and the the things here that have changed our schema and allow us to feel like, hey, we don't even need to go back to the States. But, but what's it like in comparison to living in the States? It's, what are those things that are so glaring that you're like, man, I didn't even know I needed this? Um, I think understanding that, that things are not as cut and dry for the rest of the world as they appear to be for us in the States. I mean, the way I describe it is on any given day, I'm in traffic with oxen, you know, <laughs> on any given day, you'll see somebody riding a, a horse pulled cart, literally a horse pulled cart. And they'll have uh, Apple, the ear pods in their ear. And you're like, how do these two things go together? You know, I, I mean, it's just a, a convergence of, of life as we know it and life as we knew it. It's so 1970 mixed with 2022. And that's really the best way I can describe it. You know, it's, it's certainly not like anything they teach you in school. <laughs> and that I think is where, where we've been done a disservice, especially as people of color. We've been done a disservice because we just don't know. There's so much money there and wealth that they don't talk about because they make you think that it's going to be a lion walking down the street with you. 
you know, half the people I meet have never been on a safari. Mm. You know, so many people, it's like people who live on an island and don't go to the beach. Right. They're right. very regular. Right. Most people speak in four languages. I struggled with two. Yeah. I yeah. still don't speak English with any fluidity. <laughs> so yeah. I just feel like, you know, if I had it to do all over again, I would have taken advantage of some of those opportunities to go abroad or or I'd have made some opportunities to go abroad. And I traveled very well, but not like these folks. Right. Right. You know, don't believe any of the you hear about Africa. Man, I that's like, a, I actually um, the guy that that was our tour guy in Tanzania. He actually just sent me a message about well, two weeks ago, just to check in on, on my wife and and me. And it was that sense of you know we never really understand on either side in Africa or in America. Um, we don't know how we see each other. Right, we don't know how we will re- interact with each other when it comes to the Africans, our African brothers and sisters, wherever country they're from in Africa, and us as I don't know, I don't even know what we should claim. Are we Afro American, or are we just you know we don't want to call each other black from what I'm getting from our people, but we we have a um, the interaction between each other in the states is not really welcoming um, for a bunch of different <laughs> reasons, but when you actually go to the land and you go there or if I see Africans here it's so much love it's so much love and pride man huge huge that's it right there pride and love um, and it just feels good it feels great but I think as we go into this next space um, you're in a new phase in, in your life right and um, a lot of people are in that same working area um, we're in the middle of it mm-hmm. to where um, we're not, the, there are still many days ahead of us and there are still a few days behind us of work, but we still have more ahead of yeah. us than behind. Well, in the meantime, what would you say, what advice would you give while we're in the middle of that journey, trying to get from point A to point B? Um, and we're going through all those uh, small little keystone moments. How do you, what's something we should keep in mind uh, as we march forth to that financial freedom or that retirement or whatever it is. <laughs> okay. I don't know about the financial freedom, still working on that, yeah. but um, it's a long game. It's not a short game. And I, I would say, you know, I would say to you, as I would say to Zuri, that you, you just got to continue to look at what's going on around you. You got to be able to appreciate the simple. It is so hard to stand in the moment. And and I say this for me, I'm not saying this like as an older person, it is so hard to stand in the moment and just enjoy what is, you know, for me, that, that, that's what you make your memories from. You don't even know it. And what is, what is so horrible? I mean, I've had some challenges over the last couple of months, but as I step back and look, I'm never going to get that back again. Hmm. So I need to hold to it in the moment. You know, um, I kind of wish that we weren't rushing forward. I know we've got to seize the day, but you know that old adage about today is the gift, it's the present, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's about taking a deep breath and enjoying where you are. Hmm. You know, me being able to talk to you where you are. Jeez, man, five years ago, we would have never, even though we were thinking, we would never have imagined this. Right for for either of us, 
That's, that's for sure. You know? That's for sure. We knew greatness was in your DNA. We knew greatness was in your path without a doubt. But we didn't know what that was going to look like. So all we could do was hope to instill in you the great things that we thought you would need along the way. Mm. But it's your day-to-day joy. Like, you know, when you told me you were going to call me yesterday, I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I was like, when else would I get a chance to do this with you? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super cool. And tomorrow, I'll be like, look what I did. Yeah. yeah. You know? I thought that I want to have a TED Talk someday. And so I said, why wouldn't I get on the Ryan Talk? It's, you pra- know? it's practice. Right, right. Absolutely. And, and, and I, you, you, you hope message, but you won't know until you try. Man. You know, I always said to you in the past, hey, Ryan, I don't know if everybody's going to receive me the way you did, because it takes a special you mm-hmm. to, to understand and to distill through what people tell you and take from it and glean from it what you need. I attribute that to you. That's not to me. But I'm just always glad that you think enough of what I'm talking about to give it some some leverage in your world. No? Yeah, and then this is the thing with so. that comment. So what Coach King is really good at this, right? Mm-hmm. To where and I, I think I, I ended the part with this last week to where sometimes you just gotta say it. And however somebody receives it is, is on them, right? But if you hold it in, that one person that needed to hear it, they may never hear it. Because there are a lot of things that Coach King tells me, which is why we started the, started the podcast. It's a lot of things that he gives mm-hmm. me as an older man that I need to hear as a younger man. But there are other guys mm-hmm. around the world that never get that conversation, that never get it. And they may stumble across it. One time. And while some people didn't receive it, there's that one person that did. And that's the one thing that keeps us pushing with the podcast. Um, before we got to our 2 million followers that we're at today, <laughs> we're only at, right, right? Let's, let's party for that. But before we got there, it wasn't a lot of people listening. I mean, I remember our very first episodes. It sounded bad. It was no good. I'm going broke putting it out. But... For some reason, I just, you know, one person hits me up and says, hey, man, we love what you're doing. Keep going. Keep going. And that's all it takes because, you know, everybody wants to be something huge, something large, but everything starts at the grassroots. It's a micro level. That's where the change goes. Um, but I, I appreciate that. But, Ryan, it, it also has to do with your tenacity, yes. you and Coach King, the vision that you have and being able to manifest your vision you've put in a lot of work, you know, you, you do the work. And I think that's the hardest thing is to keep going. You know, everybody could use someone or can use someone to, to speak in their, their favor, but you don't want just that, like, Hey, hang in there. <laughs> you know, you want something behind it and you, you have put the work yeah. you have put in, work, I should say. And by doing so, there's no way that you're going to do anything but reap the benefits. Don't let me get on my soapbox about my nephew. Yes, inshallah, inshallah. Nope. We'll get there. Like like I was saying, I, I think this will be, you know, a, a recurring thing. It'll happen again um, because I know Coach Coach also has some questions and some things that he wants to pick your brain about too that'll help him. Oh, and so we'll definitely make it happen. You know, I love me some Coach King from afar. Yes, yes. You no. know, we have had a action, but I, I – I love what he poured into you mm-hmm. and it matched up so well with what, what Roland wanted you to have and what, 
but I wanted you to have and bigger than all of that. The master visionary was your mom. Yes. I just, you know, yes. she understood. She understood the, as they say, she understood the assignment and she ran with it. Man. I mean, I, I her as a, an example for great parenting because she clearly understood what role she had to be in your story to help you to greatness. Yeah. Who can't say that on Mother's Day? Yeah, she's gangster. She's gangster. And like, yeah. and, and you and yeah. Coach Coach King, you'll have a, a good talk over the pretzels in Philly. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, okay. the, the pretzels okay. and, 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 the, and the mustard. He go crazy with them. Though. He gets crazy when he hears the pretzels. He doesn't believe in the pretzels. No, he, he loves them. You know, that's his Philly time. Like he he starts to he starts to see it vividly and everything. So um, that's right. That's right. That's that's what your uncle brings back when he comes. He brings me like two dozen. I never get to eat them before they get stale. <laughs> and the spicy mustard. Yes. You gotta know. You got. Yes. No. But, that's, uh, that's dope. What to talk to him about? You know. Yes. Because we get to look at you and realize how much. Um, how important it is to share of ourselves. Yes, yes, because you know? this is this is heavy for me to get Coach King to be on, and so um, it, it feels good to have <laughs> that happen. Now, I will say this: I'm taking a page from the all the smoke thing. Now, I am going to okay. ask you if you can help me get uh -oh. another guest. All right, and I'm thinking, okay. Mama Soul. <gasps> I'm thinking. I I'm thinking Mama Soul would would turn our situation upside down. It would be crazy. So I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna let you facilitate and see what we can make happen. And yeah, because Coach King is a music buff to crazy for it. And um, I don't think he he doesn't know we have this in the in the toolbox. Mama Soul will give us a whole different education. I am so flattered for her. I will definitely make that happen. Um, I'm going to say what you know I, I reserve for only specific things. What am I going to say to you, I Ryan? I got you. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's all I needed to know. All right. That's, that's perfect. If you, at a later date, want to share with your folks what that means, but um, I'm putting it out there. So as okay. it pertains to Mama's soul, I got you. Bad. Perfect. All right. So we always wrap up. Um, with everybody leaving what we call a post-game wrap-up. So you know how you do your sore moment. You know, this This is a moment. One last thing that you want people to leave, put in an envelope, reflect on. Um, it's your, your, your show. Okay. If no one ever told you, you should hear it now, that you have such great wealth within you that you should simply spread your wings and store. Hmm. That's it. That's it. Now, man, let me. That's it. That's that's perfect. Whoever I call next, they have no idea what they have to follow up. But I think you set the okay. precedent. It's perfect for this episode. Okay. Um, I'm I'm sure it's gonna be it's gonna be cool having our listeners chime in because I'm sure they're gonna want to hear more. But as always, Alisa, thank you. Now. Now I have the ammo I need to press coat, uh, Uncle Ro. Uncle Ro got to get it together. He got to answer the phone. He'll need you to help him, though. But I was coming on. He's like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he, he'll be 
Yeah, we'll get it. We'll be ready. All right. Well, as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Love you. See you. All right. Man, Ellie, when you hear this conversation, it's going to change your life, man. But I got to go, you know, we got to go right into number two, and then I'll give you guys some reflection. Um, This one here is going to be for our our basketball guys, right? We're going to see if my my OGs are answering the phone here for me. He might look at the number and be like, oh. Hello? Hello, is this Coach Jared Lyons? Yes, sir. This is him. This Yo, is him. This, this is Ryan Yates, the young OG from the BTG podcast. You are live on the air, big dog. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes. I love what y'all are doing, man, and I appreciate y'all call, calling in. Man, listen, let me tell you. First, this is a special episode, and so I've wanted to get you on the episode before, um, but the OG had to slip out to America for a family emergency. But as he always okay. tells me, he's like, look, the show got to go on. So you just got to keep going. And so I'm like, man, I'm I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not one of those guys that can just talk to the camera <laughs> and nobody here. So I was like, who can I call that'll, that'll keep the conversation going and who I feel like they have a lot to share. They have a lot to share mm-hmm. to the people that we have listening. And so um, you're somebody I admire. Um, I wish we had more time. And just for the people in the back, um, this is Coach Jared Lyons. Um, I first met Coach in 2014. Was that the year you were at MU? Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Yeah. 2013-14. Yes, yep. that was either, I think, my sophomore or junior year in college. Um, and he was an assistant coach, grad assistant, Um He's one of the first black people I had seen there that wasn't on the basketball team <laughs> as, a, as a leadership position. And for our school, that was um, that was like a, a comfort call there. Um, unfortunately, we only had one year with them. Um, me, RJ, and James always talk about if we had you for one more year along with Melvin, that would have helped our game so much. Um, just having another young guy on the on the staff that can get in the gym with us, but. Coach, yeah. Coach Jarek, he he can do it all. You know, he can coach, he can shoot that thing, he can make any poster you want to be made. He can do it all. He can set up documentary stuff. He knows communications guy. But coach, I'll let you talk more about where you are now and 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 um you know how our relationship grew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I you know first and foremost, uh, you know I was I was speaking about you know you and your journey and you know, you carving out your own lane. I was, um, I've spoken often, um, especially to, to, to my, um, you know, the team and, and the student athletes that I come in contact with always pushing them to, you know, kind of think outside of the box and, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, uh, you know, go your, you know, in a different lane, you know, so definitely shout out to you for, um, yeah, really, you know, stepping outside the box, man, and, and really um, taking advantage of, of a incredible life uh, experience and opportunity. Met your wife out there. You got, you know, uh, your business partner, coach, uh, you know, your, your, your former coach. So, um, yeah, man, so first blessings to you, man. But, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, man, so the, the, the journey for me, it's it's – you know, it, it's kind of, it, you know, it's always good to sit back and reflect, but, you know, when you don't, um, 
when you haven't reached the goals that you've set out to make yet, it's kind of, you know, it's a fine line between reflecting and being appreciative of where you've been and mm-hmm. you still have so many more goals to go. But I, you know, I'm going on, uh, next year will be my 10th year here, man. And, uh, if it, it, it feels like year one, yeah, 10th, um, 10th, 10th year, what university coach? Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at Wa- Washington Adventist university, uh, we're located right outside of DC. We're right on, on the, the Tacoma, DC, Tacoma, Maryland, um, um, border there in the, in the DMV, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And, uh, we're an NAIA school. We're right size. Um, we're urban campus. It's a, it's a, it's a great campus that's kind of nestled in the heart of the city. Um, and, uh, we have some exciting things going on. So I've been here since 2014. Wow. Um, and uh, the first uh, eight years, I was the sports information director and the head women's basketball coach. And then uh, last year, I was the interim. Um, I was named interim AD. Our former AD took a position um, at, uh, down at St. Thomas University in Miami. And so, um, you know, he, he's I consider him one of my mentors, my brothers, and he really uh, – um, afforded me the opportunity to, to, to interim. And then, uh, I was, the interim tag was lifted this past year. So I'm now the director of athletics and I still coach, uh, the, the women's team. So that's kind of me. That's where it's Appreciate that, man. Absolutely, Appreciate that, man. man. Black excellence. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So it's, it's, uh, it's exciting, man. It's really exciting. We, uh, a lot of exciting things are happening for our, for our department. And, uh, you know, our main goal is to make sure our student athletes, you know, have a great experience, but are equipped for, uh, when, uh, life after, after sports. Man, that, that's, that's why I, I knew I had to call you because the, one of the things that, um, a coach and I have talked about it a bunch of different times is if I would have known what basketball can do for me, outside of just being a player, I would have probably tried to do even more, right? And what I mean by that is if if I would have saw Rich Paul when I was 11th grade in high school, if I would have saw James Jones in the GM office in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns in 11th grade in high school, and I would have seen like, hey, not only if I don't make it pro, if I don't make it here, I can still stay within the game and and make it happen, yeah. right? That, that would yeah. change my trajectory and my decision making as far as college goes and so um, that's what we're doing here because everybody doesn't have what it takes to uh, be disciplined enough or the natural talent to play that game at that level right some some of us have some of us have it some of us don't you know and in america it's it's a dime a dozen there are so many of us that can just get to it you know and then it's not even about the talent anymore. It's about the other things. But there's still so much opportunity. And that's what we're trying to do here in Dubai is show that full culture. But I, I have a lot of young guys um, and girls who right now they're going into that space to where they want to think about college. Um, they want to think about college athletics as well. Right. Um, being first, my first thing is I want you to talk about uh, competition level. Um, because 
NAIA Division Three, specifically like the ODAC, D2, and D1, um, especially in men's basketball. I don't think that people understand how thin that line is for competitiveness, right? Because we talk, I, I walk around here all the time and I used to be ashamed to say I played D3 because I, I had a box full of D1 letters. I was all these other different type of things until I got to the ODAC and we were better than D2 teams and we were competing with the low level D1 teams, right? And just understanding how only 3%, if that, of people play basketball period in college. Period. So yeah. all those, that's yeah. NAIA, NAIA, D1, D2, D3, D3, D2, and D1. Only 3% of basketball players make it to college. And even a smaller percentage of those people actually play. So talk about that competitiveness and how it affects your recruiting. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, first and foremost, I had to backtrack and just, so so one, I, I, I don't think, um, and I, I think people in the basketball, you know, industry know, but I don't, I don't think it's probably talked enough um, about how good of a recruiter Coach Dean was. Oh man! So <laughs> that was you his, know he was he was gangster. I give him that. You know, yeah, because even you know, and even uh, and I like to say our public record. So even when I played our, our public record, it wasn't you know you look at our public record and and you you know you're thinking that. Uh, you know these guys. These guys can't play. You know, couldn't get it done. But if you if you go into you know if you dig a little deeper, box scores and even mm -hmm. team like you know teammates that I played with, like I can rattle off names that they they could have played somewhere else. But Coach Dean, you know, he's he just has that. Um, he's a he's a great recruiter, man. Like, and I, I would yeah. Like, I think he's. The, I think. For, I think that's that. Man, he, he for us to be recruited and Kirby like I like to tell Kirby he liked players that were um what he wished he could have been. <laughs> he liked athletic, he liked black, he liked people that could get to it, right? And to get us to come into the mountains in Harrisonburg, it was different. It was a different type of it thing. And I think I think yeah. Regina was a big part to that too because she gave us a very very mom-like feeling. And then Kirby when it came to recruiting, he knew how to make sure you felt like you can trust him. Yeah, and yeah, then, it's 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 true. Yeah, because that's you know like how I got to EMU was, you know, Coach Dean when he was at VMI, he recruited Jason Connolly who played at my high school. Hmm. Um, he was close friends with Mike Teasley, um, who is who played in. Um, and is very close with my mentor, Coach Merkel, who's at Randolph Macon. Oh yes, and Merkel, and, uh, Merkel recruited me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah? yeah. It, and it's it's yeah. It's kind of crazy how things play out, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's kind of how I first heard about EMU was through Coach Merkel. He was my high school coach at the time, and said, you know, there's a there's a place down in the in um, in Harrisonburg. Uh, my grades weren't exactly where they, you know, where they were supposed to be. Um, and so some of the other, you know, uh, places um, that were recruiting me, it just, it just wasn't an option. So that's another thing talking about competitive level, like just make, you got to make sure your academics are where they're supposed to be, because if they're not, you're, you're limiting yourself of where you could be. Now I don't take anything away from my journey. Like I, I, you know, obviously you, the competitive side, you want to 
um, to be successful, but that wasn't my route. Like I always wanted to coach. So right. I wasn't going to jump ship. I was going to, you know, like my senior year, just making sure like George and those guys, like, bro, don't do it. Like we did it. <laughs> don't do it. Like we did it, man. Like, you know, y'all have something special. Y'all can take it and run with it. But as far as the levels, the, the, the levels, like I, I wouldn't even say the line is even thin anymore. I, I to, you know, so for case and example, that um, my mentor, the AD who who uh, got another position elsewhere, um, he he leveraged um, our men's basketball team three years, uh, yeah, three years ago, just before the pandemic. We beat Howard University at Howard, mm-hmm. and we beat Delaware State at Delaware State, mm-hmm. and that's when it was, you know, um, we we have, uh, you know guys from all all levels that were on our um team that year but i think but the the landscape in basketball now is you know can you compete you know do you have the 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 uh the, the skill set and the intrinsic motivation to stay in the gym um stay working on your craft um you know those are those are the separators it's really not even levels anymore cuz like mm. you said um there's some D3s that will that will give D, low D1s and D1s run for their money. And mm-hmm. um, we're also seeing that at the NAI level, too, um, specifically. Um, well, actually, on both men and women's. But um, this past year, the NAI champions, um, the two uh, main players on the team, they transferred, they transferred up to, yeah. to, to Division One. Yeah. yeah, so... And we all know the story of Duncan Robinson yes. going from Williams to, to Michigan. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I, I would say it's, it's really, you know, are you intrinsically motivated to get better? Like, mm-hmm. you know, or does someone have to, um, you know, do do you have to be dragged to the gym, or are you going willingly? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and I would say probably. It, with the the age group that you're 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 working with is really just just really having fun and falling in love with the game like Man. you got to ask your question yourself the question would you still do like my wife asked me the other day and we were talking and she was like well you know would you still do what you do you know if you got paid this or <laughs> you know you did it for free the question is yes right. the question is yes you know, so it's uh, that's one thing I'm finding out on the recruiting trail is that um, there are a, a, co- a cohort of student athletes that are that are getting burnt out. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So I, I have a, I have a question pertaining to that, but I'll ask that later. But mm-hmm. I want to okay. get I want to stick on the recruiting and the levels. Um, I like to say mm-hmm. that people peak. Right. Some people peak in high school. Some people peak in college. Right. And some people don't hit their spot until post-college. Right. Because I think that um, I think that's something you need to understand when you pick schools. Right. And so they're not going too deep into my situation. But I knew when I went to college that I wanted to play professional after college. And I knew that Mm -hmm. when I went to college, I needed to be taught how to be a college player. And then my last yeah. two years, I wanted to be taught how to be a pro. 
right? And yeah. now I didn't necessarily that wasn't that wasn't the strength of our coaching staff at the time. And so a lot of those things that I need to do individually, I had to find out on my own, right? But yeah, with certain people like RJ, RJ, he didn't peak in college, he didn't peak in high school, right? He kept working, as you said, and was intrinsically motivated, yeah. and he got a chance to play yeah. professional afterwards. And yeah. so, what you yeah. when you talk about the kids burning out and everything, what is it that you're looking for when you're recruiting um, and you're trying to get a family? Because we like to tell our parents that. Colleges don't just recruit the kid. They recruit recruit the family, just like we do here in Hoop Mountain to where we don't just look at the kid. We want the family because you have to sit in the stands with the other moms and dads, and it has to be pleasant. Yeah. We need the team moms. We need all those things. So what is it that you're looking for when you're recruiting somebody, an international player or a local player, anything? Yeah, no, that's and and you and you made some some good points, man. And I, and I think that um, especially your senior year, that five, whether it was Marcel, yourself, James, R.J., David, that that whole five could have went to go to to, to play um, or to continue playing overseas. Man. There's no there's no question about that. And also that that five, it's um you know I, I really feel like I'm. I'm probably like the, the the last link because I was the link to Coach Dean's like first years. Mm-hmm. Then I was kind of like the um, the the middle, and then um, playing with George and those guys, and then coaching um, you and and David and James and that crew and RJ. So I feel like I, I gotta like it's four generations, mm-hmm. and I, I'm telling like. <laughs> It, it it will be some good battles, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be some good battles. But um, but as as far as like you know what I look for, and you, you said it, man. Like the 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 number one thing when recruits come to campus, you know, because our schedule, like we we're all over the place. We play in Kentucky, North Carolina, Boston. Um, our conference tournament is in Kansas. We're in Illinois. We're all over the place. So at a at a at a humanity level like are you someone that we can um you know that 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 you're that you're you're fun to be around hmm. uh, you know that you respect others like you know so that that's that's actually step one um and then from outside of there it, it goes you know the skill sets um you know we we uh you know we value shooters um mm. You know the name of the game is to put the ball in the, in the hoop, um, and yeah, do you have a good basketball skill set? Um, you know, are you a good passer? Do you have a good shooting mechanics? Um, do you have a motor? Like all of those things, it sounds very basic, but um, I think, and and I've learned a lot under Coach Dean just by you know watching and playing with him and then uh playing for him and then coaching with him for a year. But a, a lot of my a lot of like my uh, philosophy, things I do is really under Coach Merkel and and what I was able to, to um you know being with him at Salisbury um for those those two years. And that's just one thing that we we that we talked about in recruiting. Like do you have a a, a good skill set? And then you know, you you had mentioned the the families. Like he talked about that after they after making one of the the national championship, he was on the podium and he was talking about recruiting kids. For, you know that um, just that, that that their families are 
support that that they're supporting them that they're coming mm-hmm. from you know um yeah essentially you know are your parents going to be a distraction are they are they are they enabling you are they you know because that that is a real thing yeah um, that doesn't get talked about enough oh so. man and I, and I want to make sure I clarify this because I've been in rooms to where um a kid may come from a troubled background a good kid, mm-hmm. but it may be a kid to where you're really going to be challenged as a coach because Coach King and I, we always talk about wanting to see more black coaches and black um, athletic directors and things because we yeah. typically yeah. understand that as far as basketball goes, basketball is not uh, the polo club. This is not something that is a classist thing. And so some of us pick up that rocker. That's all that we have. And so when you get a 16, 17 year old, 18 year old kid that comes onto campus and leaving home might be tough for them because their mom might be in and out of jail and nobody's watching their sisters. Right. And so they're having a bad practice. It's not because he's not focused. It's because there's nobody that's taking care of his family. He's like, kind of like some um, survivor's remorse. It's like, I'm here and I can't be there. And so I know some some coaches only want to coach on the court, right? And right. and my right. suggestion to some of these young guys out here is make sure you do talk because I only went to EMU because of George Johnson. I don't know how Kirby did mm-hmm. it, but he made sure that I got in contact with George. And I looked at George and I was like, damn, he a lot... I, if he could get here and he can go through the four years, then I definitely can do it, right? Um, knowing the type of support that Kirby gave him and things. And so um, I would suggest, you know, when it comes to kids picking the school, you're not picking the colors, you're picking the person. And so when you lock in with the coach, yeah. really try to dig and see what type of person he is um, or she is yeah. on top of that. Um, yeah. No, that's that's a yeah, and that's a an, another thing I think now with with NIL and other you know factors is is really you're also recruiting a uh, or um you know your coach's network as well. Oh, like you know how, how can your coach help you get to where you want to go after after school, whatever you know, whatever avenue that might be. How how has the NIL affected? Um, you guys at the NAI level because Coach King and I have talked about it briefly, but we haven't done an episode on it. But we think it's going to be a lot like everything else in the capitalist world where the 2% get all of the money and they get to eat everything and then everybody else is, is kind of fighting for the scraps. Is it? Does it look like it's going to be end up like that in the next five to ten years? Well, well, it's, well the, the crazy thing about it is uh, NIL really took – took off um it was actually a volleyball player uh an nai volleyball player from aquinas college her name is chloe mitchell and she she'll go down in history as um she's like the first person to really branch out get get deals kind of get things in place um i think she this is her senior year maybe in volleyball and she she already purchased her her first house wow. um so I think there's there's a lot of perception of you know, you know you think about Alabama football and all you know Power Five schools and and the the amount of money that they're making. But I would say even at our even at this level, um, you're, we're seeing student athletes benefit from this. Um, it might not be in this grant. It, it might not be at the scale of of um, hundreds of thousands 
thousands of dollars or, you know, $25,000. But, um, yeah, I, ha- I have seen uh, student athletes and even here at our university um, take advantage of um, of NIL. So mm-hmm. I do think as time goes on, we, um, it will get better as far as um, kind of balancing out. But right now it's, um, you know, you're, you're – student athletes are really able to take advantage. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking of a place like Harrisonburg, which is a college town, you know, obviously you have JMU, but, you know, EMU and Bridgewater, like, you know, if I'm a student athlete right now at EMU or Bridgewater, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm cleaning up my, I'm, I'm essentially starting my, my, my personal brand. I'm going to get with the graphic designer. I'm a, you know, get with a, a video person. I'm a go out to some of these local companies, um, and, and try to, you know, leverage, um, my mm. visibility. Yeah. Um, that's, but, that's dope. Yeah, so, that's dope to think about yeah. being able to, to have that type of autonomy, right. And just put it yeah. all in your hand because of basketball. <laughs> cause, cause remember, remember when we, when, uh, even if this was in place, when 2014, when we had two, uh, our highlights were all over ESPN, ESPN yep. with the dunks. Yeah. Like, you know, even that, taking that and going down to a car dealership or a mm. car wash place and kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy to, crazy to think about. Man, that would have changed everything. And so before we get, before I let you rock out, because I know you got a lot of stuff going, but you talked about the burnout. Um, that you're seeing amongst kids. And a lot of that, I, I think, has to do with the fact that uh, basketball is a business now at the at the very, very, very lowest levels, grassroots. I mean, I'm seeing nine-year-olds that, that I can tell their parents are putting them in the gym four or five hours a day every day. But kind of reflect on um, some of the things that if you could have, if you could sit down right now on the podcast, you're sitting down where we said that we have 2 million uh, listeners right now <laughs> speaking it into existence. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you mm-hmm. can sit down and you're sitting down talking to that parent of that 12 year old, 13, 14, 15 year old, and the kid wants to be great, but they just want to be a kid at times and they're afraid to tell their parents, you know, just because just they don't want to talk back. Like, kind of reflect on what you would say to those parents about how important it is to balance, right? We do want to work hard, but how important is it to balance everything? Oof. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I You know, I, I will say, and I often say, you know, um, to to my team and then also you know, with, with my son and daughter who are coming up and, you know, they're around on campus all the time. And so they're, they're gravitating towards things and, and we're not pushing anything, you know, they can do whatever they want to do. Um, but I would say in the grand scheme of life is, you know, even when the playing days stop, you know, you think about all the birth, like even for you, like think of how many birthdays we've missed Hmm. and, um, and, and wedding celebrations and family reunions because mm-hmm. we've been on the, you know, the AAU circuit or practicing or, you know, I, I think in the grand scheme of life, it, you know, sports is just a, a vehicle to, to help you get, get to where you want to be. Um, and so, I, you know, I would, I would keep that 
in mind for, you know, parents um, pushing things on their kids of whether, you know, they want to live through their kids or it's really to, to, to take some time out and really kind of focus on things that um, I don't want to say matter, but just knowing that it's, it's a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it's um, sacrificing person, you know, someone's personality or if it's uh, at the sacrifice for, um, you know, missing out on, 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 you know, certain family things for the sake of, you know, being in the gym, I think maybe it's kind of time to evaluate what, what is, uh, you know, important in your, in your life. There's there's time for, there's time for everything. Right. That's what I like. That's what I like to tell our kids is that because here's the flip side, right? They're not in the gym enough. (laughs) It's, It's to the space to where it's like, it's both ends of the spectrum to where, we got kids who um, at the crib, we can't, some of them we can't get out the gym. Some of them we can't get their parents to take them out to the gym. But then here it's like, mm-hmm. you need to be in the gym because you need to know that for the rest of these things that you want, you do have to work for them. But when you do work for right. them, pick those, find those days where you take a break <laughs> and you celebrate, you relax right. a little bit and recharge. Um, but man, coach, I appreciate this time, big time. Um, also, yes, sir. C- congratulations, and I love the beautiful family that you have. Um, you know, I've never gotten a chance to meet your wife, but eBay, you know, my sister, she always talks about you guys, and she was around when you guys got together, and so she always says great things. And so shout out to your two beautiful children. We wish you so much more success. We, I'm sure this won't be the last time that I call in, um, but I'll let you wrap up like we always do. Um, you know you know the coaches thing. You always got a post-game wrap up. And so what's one thing that you want to, that's been on your mind that you want to leave with with the BTG Nation? Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah, first, first again, man, I, I appreciate you including me. Um, eBay is a gem, man. Yeah. And uh, I, I wouldn't trade my, 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 my experience at EMU uh, for anything. And um, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that one day I, I get a chance to, to get over there Oh, whether man. I bring some some of our student athletes or if it's personal travel or if it's um recruiting no matter what the the occasion is um I look, I look forward to it and uh you know I love what y'all are doing and you know um you just we just got to keep keep going keep supporting each other man and like you know I think we do a good job of giving our uh, you know flowers now man so I, I appreciate the words of affirmation that you always bestow upon me man and and just nothing but blessings for you and your wife and um and, and coach also so um yeah i appreciate you man thank you thank you thank you coach lyons there um at, at washington adventist i said that correctly yeah, Washington Adventist Washington University. University. Yes, um, and, and we'll definitely hold you to that because Coach and I are, you know, working on some things to get some some more recruiting and visibility out here to these kids to give them opportunities. So uh, we, we got you in mind. But as always, you know, we like to end it. Please. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, please, please, please do. And, and I will put, before you, before you end it, yeah, because we, three years ago, we had a, um, uh, a high enrollment of um, Saudi Arabian students. Just so like we would love to build with you. 
Just yeah, like EMU. Yep. Well, no, we can make it happen. Yeah. We're, we're working. We're building. So yeah. I know that I got you on board. And so we'll make sure we keep you locked in, man. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. All right, man. Thank you. Best of luck to the rest of the season. All right. Okay. Take care. Man, BTG Nation. Well, that's that's two people that, you know, I, I get a chance to... to I got a chance to grow up around, you know, Jared is somebody that as far as basketball goes, um, I loved being around him. He was young at the time. Um, and he was one of the guys that would get, if I called, he would be, he'd be ready to go to the gym, work us out. He had a lot of stuff to share, great energy. Um, and, and he was multifaceted too. You know, he had a lot of different things about him. So it was cool to be around coach and, um, man, it's great to see him where he is right now. Um, and, and then to hear him, you can hear that he's still hungry and he's still pushing and he's still trying to figure out how to help more people. And that's genuine. Like, I know if there's anybody looking at Washington Adventures University and they're thinking about going somewhere. I know for sure if you go there and you're around Coach Lyons, you're taken care of. Take it from me. If you never believed anything else I said, for sure, that's somebody who will take care of you. Um and then on Lisa, you know, I, we started the podcast Bridging the Gap because I thought that there was a need for the younger generation to sit and listen and then also just talk with um, our OGs. And that's because that's what I've been doing my whole life, right? And, you know, you guys see Coach King, who's not here with us today, but that's somebody who he shines a light to help me on my path forward. And on Lisa does the same thing. And so you guys got to see a little bit of what has helped build me. You've seen my mom. You've heard my mom talk. Um, you've heard people talk about my mom. And so, you know, that's the insight of things. Um, I can't get off the podcast and not speak on the Lakers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Lake show. I, I will definitely... You know, I saw Lamar Odom come up and say that we should trade Anthony Davis. I need you guys to start sharing the stuff because we've been talking about trading Anthony Davis for, for months, right? And now all these people are going to start popping up, Stephen A. Smith and all of them are going to start popping up like they've been saying it. Y'all need to let these people know that Coach King Coach and Ryan, they said it first. Get AD out of it. You know, low-key, I think we're tanking it for the French cat. Oh, my man, he dropped it. Low-T, I think we we might be tanking it for the French cat. I don't know what's going on, but um, we're not playing good basketball. I, I got up at 6 a.m. to watch the Lakers versus the Nuggets, and we are good. We are solid defensively. We just can't hit no shots, like, at, at all. I don't know how Troy Brown got in the NBA. I'm blaming the Wizards. The Wizards, you did a terrible thing drafting him. I don't know why we picked him up. Um, uh, Juan, I can't pronounce his whole name, but I'm not sure. You know, some of these guys are good utility guys just for one thing, five, six, seven minutes. But we got them playing too many minutes, and they can't. As you heard Coach said, in in college, they're looking for kids with good skill set. That's pretty much how we can sum it up. We don't have enough guys on the squad with a great skill set. Not great shooters. Anthony Davis, I don't know. I, I'm worried. I'm worried. You know, he, he dunked the rock and was hanging on the rim and came down injured. Um, he's still far through, but it was tough. 
Um, and so it's going to be an interesting space. So I don't know what this next year is going to look like for us as Lakers fans, but we I'm still going to rock. You know, my guys are my guys. Um, and I want to leave you guys with something. Um, one, shout out to Illy. You know, Illy, man, the bread eater, bread eater, our young guy. I, I wish Coach King was here. and We'll bring it up when he gets back next week. But our guy went to his first little college uh, gathering. And so, you know, the, the boy is turning into a man. He's having some fun, you know. But, you know, shout out to you, champ. Keep working. But there's something, talking to Illy, and then, you know, talking to the young bucks, there's something that people always say, right, when you're young. They say, be yourself, right? That's a very loaded, open-ended statement. Um, you hear people, when they talk about their style, sometimes fashion-wise, they take, what's your advice that you'll give? They say, be yourself. Before you can be yourself, you got to find out who you are. Right. And so don't don't skip that step. So um, that means being comfortable, being uh, alone sometimes, um, experimenting, trying things out. You heard our Lisa talk about you got to fail forward. Failing forward allows you to find out who you are so you can be you. And so before you can be yourself, you got to find out who you are. And, you know, that changes who I was last month is not who I am now. And that's cool because we're always supposed to be evolving. Um, but I think that's a good space to leave you guys today. Um, you you guys know the plugs. Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain that AE. Find us everywhere. Tap in with us. We're growing. We're going to try to keep taking over this GCC area, um, giving it an elite basketball experience. Make sure BTG Nation, like, share, comment. Let's get these 2 million followers early. Let's make it happen. Man, she didn't got serious. Serious, right? And so, um, as you guys know, as always, keep it real, keep it simple, and keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events, to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk. Gotta tune in, you already know, G. This BTG Nation and you one of the homies. Just tune in, you already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.